Welcome, 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 everybody, to a very exciting day. This is the most anticipated episode of our show, and uh, I'm just very excited about it, and I'm looking forward to spending time with y'all. And we'll be using y'all today because of the whole Britney thing, okay? How are you guys feeling? Are you ready, like, for the Britney thing? I mean, <laughs> it's like, this is my dream episode. I get to talk about Britney. Uh, I had to watch things about Britney. I had to listen to things about Britney. Here's the thing. I'm not, like, in love with Britney. It's not like that. I don't look at Britney and go, God, she's so hot, even though she's beautiful. Mm, I just kind of like Britney for the way I believe she is. I don't know Britney. The way I believe she is, I feel that I like that person. She has this kind of genuine quality that, like, a lot of people lose over time, I think. Um, probably due to, like, fear and not wanting to seem vulnerable or whatever. I don't know. I'm just very happy about this episode, and I'm very happy to be spending this time with y'all. All right. So you know how we do around here. Let's just jump right in. Um... And I'm sure most of us have seen the doc framing Britney Spears by the New York Times. Uh, but very quickly, since 2008, Britney has been under a legal conservatorship under her father. A conservatorship gives someone else absolute control over your life, your finances, your decision making. So since 2008, she hasn't been in control of her own life, but yet a cash cow and apparently strong enough emotionally, mentally, physically to work and to support everyone around her, but yet not well enough to make her own decisions and be in control of her life. Okay, quickly, the allegations have given a rise to a movement to terminate the conservatorship, and it's been called Free Britney. In August 2020, Jamie Spears, and that's Britney Spears' father, he's the one with the conservatorship, with all the control over her life and decision-making, uh, he called the Free Britney movement a joke and its organizers conspiracy theorists. Okay, where to begin? Uh, if you're a regular listener, you know I'm a huge Britney fan. I've had my brushes with her and I've been in a car with her meds and her Camel Crush cigarettes. <laughs> I've seen her twice in concert. I saw her once before she was over it. So she was, you know, dancing. It was, I mean, the moves, it was completely coordinated. The entire, like, hour and a half and uh, it was all over the place she was totally into it and the next time I saw her she was totally over it and had all of her dancers do all the dancing and she was just like you know actually she was just going like this a lot this move and like every time she would do it people would scream <laughs> um so yeah I saw her when she was into it and when she wasn't and they were both amazing shows okay even though I'm a huge Britney fan, I wasn't really paying attention to her conservatorship for whatever reason. It was like the Rona, you know, whatever's going on in my life. I just wasn't really paying it any attention. Uh, once people started saying they believed Britney was sending secret codes and messages through her Instagram, um, that's when I started paying attention. Okay, so I thought it would be appropriate to start where it all began to blow. Uh, the podcast Britney's Gram. Each week, comedians Tess Barker and Babs Gray discuss and dissect Britney Spears' Instagram post 
they basically overanalyze and decode Britney's Instagram, which is a very, very, very genius idea and brilliant. And I really, I have a few things to say, but let me give a clap out to these ladies. Okay, A, what a brilliant idea. B, you executed the idea. Like, people don't do that anymore. They just sit around and watch TV or do whatever the hell they do. So, wow. Like, can I again, please? Who am I talking to? I don't know. Okay, so here's just a couple things that the Britney's Graham segment made me think of. See what you guys think. I thought it was interesting when Tess of Britney's Graham wondered if the conservatorship situation would have ever happened to a man. I mean, think about that. Do you think this would happen to Justin Timberlake? Uh, I don't see that happening to a man. And it was kind of like when Britney's brother, who deserves to get his ass beat, okay? <laughs> and like, I don't condone violence. I mean, unless like totally necessary. And I feel like Britney Spears' brother getting his ass beat is totally necessary, okay? <sighs> God. Um, but he was talking about how, well, the women of this family are strong-willed and they want to do whatever they want, which are constitutional rights. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I don't think anyone would ever say that about Justin Timberlake. My brother, boy, he really wants to do what he wants to do. He's really driven. Okay. Uh, anyways, Britney's Graham. Their show started to really pick up speed when they started talking about Britney communicating secretly in codes that she was in trouble in need of help through pics and posts through her TikTok, Instagram, all that. Okay, here's the thing. I was going to go through the codes, but it's so many and very confusing. Uh, but I did want to give you guys an example of the supposed codes so you can kind of get in that mindset if you're not already there. Uh, again, there are many, many clues. And they all, I don't know. We'll see what you guys think. Okay, Britney fans felt she was posting videos that weren't like her and that she was trying to communicate that she was in distress and in possible need of help. Okay, here's a here's a sample of the possible code she was sending after Brit's bizarre behavior. I hate that word bizarre. That's the word fans were using. Bizarre. So there we go. Uh, on Instagram, here we go. Example of the codes. On Instagram, Britney's fans asked her to wear a yellow shirt in her next post if she needed help. So let's take a look quickly of this video. It's kind of a cool video. It features the weekend. Did the Super Bowl. Okay, let's take a look at it. Here's the video. Okay. So there she is doing this thing with flowers that her florist gave her and wearing a yellow shirt. And Okay, here's the, I just thought it's kind of bizarre that she's going back and forth and it's not repeated, it's filmed this way. So, I mean, do I think she's communicating? Wear a yellow shirt in your next post if you need help. And then this happens? I'd say it's interesting.
I mean, but that's just me. Okay. Now, uh, next, and this is just the next thing, and then we're moving on at the clue section. Believe me, there's tons, but this is just the easiest, clearest example that I could show you. And then we're gonna move on. Okay, so to confirm, her fans asked her to wear a blue shirt in her next post. Okay, and here's the, uh, the blue shirt. Okay. Does she need help? Does it mean anything? Was it a coincidence? Are there codes on Britney's Instagram account? Like the Britney's Graham hosts believe? I don't know for sure, but I know that people communicate on sub-levels all day long, especially artists. And if you pay attention, you might get it. If I had to say, I would say yes, she is communicating to her fans through the internet. I mean, an entire doc and movement came from some internet posts that some people can just brush off and some people can't. So something must be in her communications, but like I said, that's just my opinion. And I'm open to being wrong. <laughs> um, oh, yes. I have a quick thing to say about the ex-MTV VJ host, Dave Holmes. You guys remember him? He was interviewed throughout the doc. <clears throat> Very quickly. I personally feel that Dave Holmes was a little presumptuous and arrogant to dismiss Babs and test findings. And frankly, it made him seem ignorant and kind of assholish. One example, uh, he, he basically said that, well, I don't think there's any codes in her account. If you think there's codes there, then there are. And kind of just was like, Ugh. like, I don't know, he just seemed arrogant and like whatever I said. It made me think of, um, okay, an example, the Unabomber. Everybody knows who the Unabomber is, right? I don't know. Maybe you don't. Anyways, the Unabomber was caught due to codes and clues being decoded forensically, right? These girls are forensically combing through Britney's Instagram account as that can sound silly. It can. But it can also sound really genius and amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's just how I view it. Uh, anyways, the Unabomber was caught due to codes and clues by decoding the Unabomber's sister-in-law uh, caught his ass because she decoded his, his words forensically. Uh, so the Unabomber was caught. So Dave Holmes, I wouldn't want him working on my case. If a family member of mine was murdered or something psychopath was out there, I wouldn't want Dave Holmes working on it because he would just, I don't know what he would do. Like, does Dave Holmes look at a Da Vinci painting and go, hmm, that's dumb? Because it's just like, looks like Jesus or something like, oh, it's just a painting of Jesus or it's just whenever there's numerous amazing deep codes hidden within Da Vinci's work that we still don't understand probably completely. Um, you know, does Dave Holmes watch a Stanley, Stanley Kubrick film, 2001, a space odyssey and go, Hmm, that's just about space. <laughs> I don't know. It just really rubbed me the wrong way. And then I started thinking like, 
Well, if the people of Britney's gram were male, would Dave Holmes had just, you know, blown off their information or their opinion? I don't know. It just really got me going. The Dave Holmes part really got my gears going and got me thinking. And there is a lot of stuff there, you know, a lot of stuff, microaggressions. And there was a lot of things in there. Um, so I just had to point that out. Um, so let's forget about the Dave Holmes thing, right? And now we can move on with our life. Okay. Okay. This, you guys are going to like this next part. It's a little more light, but it's very deep as well. Okay. I wanted to quickly talk about the genius of the Britney Spears, Matt Lauer interview. You regular listeners remember Matt Lauer from a couple years ago. Remember when the Harvey Weinstein stuff broke, Me Too movement broke, uh, Matt Lauer from one of the Today shows, the button pusher. He would assault women at his work and he would have a button on his desk and he would be like, hey, can you come in here? I need some pencils. And they would come in and then he would close the door and go, ha ha ha, here's my dick. I mean, I don't know if that's exactly how it went down, but that's pretty much how I see it. Um, but he is the button pusher. He did have a button on his desk to lock women in his office. So I can never call him Matt Lauer, the button pusher. Just Matt Lauer anymore without calling him Matt Lauer, the button pusher. Okay. Okay, so let's just dive in quickly to the genius of the Britney Spears Matt Lauer interview. Number one, I'm sure everyone in the business knew Matt Lauer was scum and that he was assaulting women and sexualizing women and one reason i believe this is how britney spears dressed act and presented herself within the matt lauer interview i believe that britney spears brilliantly used her body and just her womanness and her sexuality as a weapon against matt lauer to like get him to back the fuck off and to ask nicer questions and like sort of like manipulating him to not be a dick, basically. Because um, basically, if, you know, she could manipulate him, then maybe he wouldn't be such a fucking vulture, like they all are, and uh, kind of go easy on her. And like I said, I don't know Brittany, but it didn't seem like her <laughs> in the Matt Lauer interview. That sounds insane. But like, she just was acting more kind of like over-sexual, um, and I thought it was great. Okay, so here's just a very quick clip. I could be totally wrong too, but I just thought it was kind of interesting. I just thought she was like acting different and uh, it seemed like Matt Lauer did go a little easy on her. And I'm sure her people just don't send her into a room with somebody without a freaking game plan. Okay, here we go. A little clip of the Matt Lauer interview, which is genius. Matt Lauer, the button pusher, sorry. He should drown himself.
the gum, the hair, you know, and it's like, I just feel like she's, oh, and can we just go back? Like, look at Matt Lauer's freaking no socks or something. I don't know. I just, oh. Okay. Defiant Britney Spears. Taking on the tabloids. Defiant. Okay, so is there anything to what I was saying? I don't know. Matt's like, don't look at her boobs. Don't look at her boobs. Okay. So is there anything there? I have no idea. Is it something interesting to think about? I think. Okay, moving on. Oh, yeah. God, this is kind of an intense episode. Just this doc brought up a lot. Okay. Many people believe that pop music and pop music videos are very, very sexual in order to groom young people for sexual purposes. Is that true? I don't know. But thinking about this made me think of a clip from the movie Mean Girls. This will be very, very brief, but interesting. It will be interesting. Uh, it's called Going Down a Rabbit Hole, but it's not going to last all day in two weeks. It's going to last two minutes. Um, and this could really open some things up for y'all. Y'all. Uh, okay, here we go. I'm going to show you guys a clip from the movie Mean Girls, starring Lilo from 2004. Uh, yes, so in the vein of some people believe that pop music and pop music videos' main function is to groom young people for sexual purposes. Like, see, look, Britney's doing that. Megan the Stallion's doing that. Uh, you know, don't you want to do that? And I know it sounds out there, but <laughs> I don't know. Okay, here's part of the rabbit hole. I'll keep it brief, seriously. Okay, here we go. Here's a clip of Mean Girls. This is very interesting. I really think that some of you are really going to like this. Okay, so in this clip of Mean Girls, we're going to see this very young girl dancing to My Milkshake Brings All the Boys to the Yard. And uh, there's a bear uh, sitting on the couch in this clip. Many people believe that bears are placed in film, art, videos, etc., cetera, uh, that the bears are associated to represent pedophilia in some way. Uh, this is going somewhere. So let's take a look at this clip. Okay, here we go. Little film analysis here for y'all. Okay. See the young girl there dancing? Okay. Here we go. See the kid dancing sexually, and there's the bear. Okay. Y'all saw that, right? There we go. Okay. This is going <laughs> this is going somewhere. So was that child? being groomed by MTV, the bear placed there oh so carefully in the scene. Okay, here's the thing, and then we're going to climb out of this rabbit hole. Here's a clip from Stanley Kubrick's film, Eyes Wide Shut. The clip is Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise, rest in peace, and their daughter at the very end, and a toy store around Christmas time. 
And some of you may know, may not know, Nicole Kidman's father, Anthony Kidman, was outed as a pedophile and supposedly linked with major Sydney sex trafficking rings. So here we go. Let's take a look at the end of Eyes Wide Shut. Here's what many people believe is happening in this scene. Tom and Nicole, at the peak of their relationship, the peak of their careers, walking through the toy store, Stanley Kubrick film. By the way, Nicole Kidman's name is Alice in the film. Somewhere over the rainbow, all that stuff. Okay, here we go. The bear. Okay, everybody knows that Kubrick is very intentional. Okay, so that's cool and normal, right? Walking through the toy store. Here we go. Here's some more bears. Okay, this is pretty interesting, actually. Okay, here's another bear. Check it out. Some people think it has a uh, penis. Does that bear have a penis? Is the bear representing pedophilia, like many believe? Don't know. Okay, the scene changes. Barbie, some stars, boom, something else. What's this? Something has changed. I don't know, it looks like a sock or something over the bear penis. Okay, here we go. So here's kind of what many people, many f people who analyze film believe this is kind of the money shot, one of the money shots, excuse that, of Eyes Wide Shut. Okay, see these two guys back here, these two gentlemen, they were in the movie earlier kind of hovering over um, their daughter, okay? Kind of like creeping around the kid, okay? So here we go. Watch these two men. Nicole Kidman's father was, you know, he pimping out his daughter, uh, like many people believe. Uh, if you look, there's m many interesting stuff there. Okay, here we go. Is this Nicole Kidman passing her daughter off to these two males? Okay, I don't know. I mean, maybe I... Hey. <sighs> I have no idea. People believe that. And when you watch the whole scene, and we could watch it again, but I just don't want to. You guys can watch it on your own. Um, but was Nicole Kidman communicating that she was passed to older men from her father, her parents, you know, she'd give the little pat on the head, and I don't know. I can tell you that Kubrick films are intentional. Okay, let's get out of this bear rabbit hole, okay? Oh, yeah. So, all this stuff that was brought up by the doc, um, a couple questions came up, too. Uh, actually, many questions, but here's just two uh, questions that I wanted to ask you, y'all. Um... We all know that the paparazzi are greed and evil and represent literally the worst that our society has to offer, I would say. Um, okay, here we go, though. Here's the question. If you date a celebrity or a well-known person that creates original art, do you as their lover give up some of your privacy? You're dating someone who's famous or well-known they're a musician, they're a painter, something goes 
astray in your relationship as it did in the Britney Justin Timberlake thing, right? We all we don't know exactly what happened. Um, you know, was Crimea River crossing a line of some kind? Uh, there are many, many good and interesting things about Crimea River, and there are many awful things about Crimea River. Um, and for whatever reason, Justin Timberlake, that made him feel better to do that. Maybe he was hurt so bad he just couldn't feel better and doing Crimea River made him feel better. I, I don't know. But what I'm saying is, did Brittany and Justin, do they give up a certain amount of privacy when, when you date a famous person? Because their original art will eventually reflect your relationship, I would imagine. Um, so I don't know. Do celebrities give up a certain amount of their life and freedom in exchange for fame and fortune? Is that the Faustian bargain, selling your soul to the devil, per se? Selling everything about yourself, your body, life, privacy, to entertain the masses and influence us and direct us kind of in certain directions. Like, if, like we say on the show, if you're a household name, you're owned by someone. Crimea River made me ask this. Man, I watched that video five times maybe after I watched the doc. It's intense. I almost wanted to do like a little Crimea River thing, but I just can't. JT and I just, I need a break. Okay. Okay, the last question uh, that was brought up by the doc for me was, will the war against women ever stop? It started with the Bible and it hasn't stopped since. Will the war against women ever stop? I don't know. But if y'all, if we can get hip to all like the manipulation in the media and the uh, microaggressions in the media, even the news, film, if you guys can start like getting hip to all this manipulation and brainwashing that's being fed to us every day through the freaking matrix, we can move past this. But like people don't think, and it's really sad and it makes me want to vomit. And it makes me sick. Like they said in, in, the, in the doc, there's a whole apparatus to go after women when the time comes, you know, to bring them down to whatever. It's the whole system. Okay, so if you guys don't understand that the media is controlled by now, if you don't understand you're being manipulated and brainwashed, war against women, war against everybody. I honestly don't know what to tell you. I really, really, really don't. And I hope for you the best. Okay, so to close out, we're gonna talk about just one thing that happened since the doc. Uh, since the doc, Justin Timberlake has apologized. He said, I specifically want to apologize to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson, which we'll talk about, both individually, because I care and respect for these women and I know I failed. He wrote on Instagram. I understand that I felt that I fell short in these moments and in many others and benefited from a system that condones misogyny and racism, he said. In Friday's apology, Timberlake said the entertainment industry sets white men up for success. Every industry does. Every industry does. Because of my ignorance, I didn't recognize it for all that it was 
while I was happening in my own life. Ignorance is bliss. Denial is bliss. You know, what can I say? One very last thing. <laughs> this is the last very quick rabbit hole that will go down, but it will be intense. Okay. Very, very last. I just, he brought up Janet Jackson. I didn't. Here's what I wanted to say quickly. The nipple thing. Remember the Super Bowl nipple thing? Here we go. This will last one minute. Stick with it. You super nerds. It's about to get real. All right. Here we go. Quickly. Here's the, the very quick clip of the Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson thing. Suppose the, the media played it off like it was a wardrobe malfunction. People thought he ripped it off. Um, he totally ripped it off. Okay, here we go. We're going to watch this clip. Here we go. The all-seeing eye right here in the upper corner. Here we go. I hate that I'm mad at him. He's cute and he can dance. I hate you, JT. Okay, here we go. Boom. He just ripped off her thing. Okay, here we go. Okay, here's the moment when he ripped off her boob cover shirt, whatever the fuck it's called. Okay, here we go. What's on her nipple? It's a star. Do you guys see that? Okay, here's a close-up. So this is a close-up of Janet Jackson's nipple on the Super Bowl when JT ripped it off and they lied and said her thing fell off. Okay. This is called the Star of Ishtar. Here's a clip. Here's a couple still pics from... Stanley Kubrick's film, Eyes Wide Shut, Star of Ishtar, Star of Ishtar, it's all through the film. Okay, what am I trying to say? Nothing. Okay, let's wrap it up. Britney Spears' next hearings over her conservatorship will take place on March 17th and April 27th. Let me tell you, if I was still living in LA, I'd be down there reporting. But I'm not. I'm living in my mountain town. And I drive to the grocery store like this. And I went to the doctor yesterday and I parked in a regular lot and walked right in and there was no one in there. <sighs> Sorry, LA. Uh, I am very excited to have spent this time with y'all and live long, Brittany. And uh, we will be keeping an eye on the conservatorship. Thank you to the gals of Brittany's Graham who not only had a genius idea, but they executed it and executed it well. So I feel like you guys didn't get the props that you deserved, and I was a little disappointed uh, in everybody, like the same way I was disappointed in everybody letting Britney down as well. But Brit, we're picking up what you're putting down, and let's see what happens. I hope everybody has a great day, and write me. What'd y'all think?